0: Here we go. Welcome to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenant without your hosts, Nick or Kevin. Instead, we have myself, Val, and... Chris. Chris. Uh, Chris isn't wearing his headset yet, but um, (laughs) once he puts it on, you'll probably be able to hear him a little bit better. Um, Yeah, so today, what are we doing, Chris?
1: So we're going to be talking about community building, because we have worked together to build the community in Geelong, um, along with a few other people, and we just wanted to run through some of our... Um, tips and tricks for that sort of thing and just a bit of a discussion about community building in general.
0: Absolutely, that's right. No, so um, I met Chris when I moved out to Geelong, which is, uh, I guess, for people outside of Australia. It's, again, like an hour out of Melbourne. And between himself, um, Dean, uh, Mark, uh, Dan and myself, we've grown a pretty good community, I'd say, out mm, here. So, absolutely. Yeah, and we learned a lot of things on the way. So we thought, you know what, why not summarise that knowledge and see if it can be useful to anyone else. Um, but before we get into it, let's talk about, like, maybe introduce ourselves a little bit. Uh, so who's, who's Chris? Uh, what's your, uh, I guess, what's your relation to Wargaming and, um,
1: yeah, i uh, yeah, so I'm uh, 33, I grew up in Geelong, I've been here most of my life. Um, my relationship to Wargaming, I had a few Warhammer Fantasy models when I was like 10 years old, I don't think I really knew how to play the game, but I sort of, had some models and i've always kept an eye on it since and then just during COVID, i got back into painting some models and then uh saw infinity a trial day being done run by our local gaming store so i jumped in and had a go at that and yeah i've been back in for about two years now pretty much exclusively playing infinity
0: there you go yeah actually yeah we we make sure it's oh jesus my Sorry, the volume seems to be quite loud for me, so I'm going to try to speak a bit softer. But yeah, it's uh, Infinity's definitely been the game of choice uh, amongst us, and we've, uh, I guess, chased away any other war games <laughs> with very passive-aggressive comments. Uh, no, not, not necessarily. Um, and I'm Val. I'm, I think uh, I've introduced myself enough times on this podcast, but basically uh, I've been playing Infinity for about seven years as well. Uh, seven years, so yeah, and got out to Geelong and then met these guys and helped them kind of... Uh, learn the game rather from the book but from experience because they were all kind of learning from the book um we'll just do a quick pause there Uh, um yeah so um sorry we were just trying to work out our microphones a little bit so we are back uh basically yeah so chris uh we met at the local game store so i guess we can probably talk about the uh our local or your local now i've moved away so it's no longer mine
1: unfortunately (laughs) yeah Um, um, yeah, we play at Throw the Dice in Geelong, uh, which is a great local store run by Richard, which started up just sort of before COVID, really. Um, so he's been open a few years now. Um, we've seen him move from a smaller store into a larger one. Sorry. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, just speak up. Yeah, no, so it's a good little store there. Um, and yeah, really enjoy playing there.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly right. So when uh, and the thing is, when we first moved, when we first met, he was uh, still in his smaller store, right? So the store we were playing in, it had only like four tables or something like that.
1: That's right. Yeah. And
0: yeah. I remember me and Dean came in and we had a we we played. We we told you guys we're coming in to play Infinity and stuff. And then there was you, Mark, and Dan, and you guys were talking about how, you know, you play Infinity until the point somebody introduced link teams, and then you all quit. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, that was because you guys didn't really, you guys weren't playing with much terrain, were you?
1: No, that's right, yeah. So, at the start, we didn't really understand how, how much terrain you needed. Um, and you could argue that we overcompensate for that now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. we were playing on very open boards, so things like heavy infantry, five-man links were very dominant. Um, at the start there, and we couldn't really figure out our way around them. But uh, yeah, I think we've, we've sorted that out now. Um, nah. But yeah, that was a good example of how important it can be to have an experienced player sort of show you the ropes because that was a very um, easy mistake to make if you haven't really seen much Infinity be played by people who know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Infinity's, it's a, uh, it's a great rule set, right? But learning the game from the rules book itself is quite difficult. Um, and I guess this can just leads us into infinity as a war game itself, so we can talk about that's kind of our next topic of conversation anyway. So basically infinity as a war game, right? So like like we just mentioned, learning it is quite a steep learning curve. I think that's been said several times. but um but I guess what do why do we love it? Why do you yeah what, what, what's what if, you haven't played too many war games previously outside from your first experiences? No. What do you love about infinity?
1: Um, I certainly, I love how cinematic it is. I think that's my favorite thing. It really, the way you move your units and uh, the way you can shoot at any point in your movement and things like that, I think just leads to a really sort of cinematic kind of gameplay. Um, I love the tactical feel of it, you know, being able to throw smoke grenades to cover your advance, um, hacking, all that sort of stuff. And the face-to-face roles um, just always makes for tense gameplay. Um, I think their catchphrase is it's, Never, not your turn or whatever yeah, the yeah, catchphrase right. is, but yeah, that is you're not standing phrase, around yeah. for half the game just watching your opponent mow you guys down. You're sort of always having to think and um, come up with tactical decisions. So, I really love that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think and I think that's echoed by a lot of people um, in terms of the cinematography of the game as well as the you know um, involvement of both players. I think that's 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 a huge mm-hmm. boon for the game. Um, so. Being pretty much the only war game we're really playing consistently, obviously, do you have any gripes with the game?
1: Um, I mean, nothing too major. I think overall it's pretty, you know, it's renowned for being well-balanced. Certainly the only, the depth and tacticalness of the game cuts both ways where you do get a bit of analysis paralysis. Um, You see that a lot. That can be a bit of a problem. Um, I guess the steep learning curve can be a problem with trying to get new people involved. Um, But I think that's why, you know, it's going to be one of the topics we talk about today is how to sort of overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, no, nothing too major about the game.
0: Yeah, right, right. Um, I'm a CB fanboy, so I love the game (laughs) through and through. I don't think there's any fault in it. So um, uh, I won't even bother answering that question. But what you did touch on, though, is absolutely right, that steep learning curve, right? So we... We experienced it uh, pretty much straight away um, with trying to get the game off the ground in Geelong, right? Yeah. And like you guys, like because I was me and Dean were teaching most of you guys early on because uh, you guys were very new, um, and. Yeah, there was some really there was some tough points, wasn't there? It's, it's, it's just hard. It's just like every time you think you've got, got something, um, it like something new comes up. So yeah. it's it's just it's just hard. But um, but I guess what do you think's worth in teacher in terms of teaching uh the game to the new players?
1: Yeah, um, I think um our commitment to running demos and uh, sort of lower pointed games has been a huge help. Um, not just you know, giving people the basics and then expecting them to build a 300-point list. Like, we've really made an effort um, to play repetitive demos until people have the sort of basics down and then build them up through 100-point games, 200-point games, things like that. Absolutely. Um, I think that's been a huge help with the the learning curve and sort of overcoming that. Um, Some of the other things I think we've done really well is having a regular meet-up every Wednesday that our core sort of group, even when it was... There was a few people around the outsides that had come intermittently there would always be the five of us at least showing yes. up every wednesday um you know posting pictures of us playing and trying to hype people up so i think really just having that consistency has been great with the um the core group we had um yeah i think they're the main things that sort of helped yeah. us get off the ground in those early days at least
0: yeah, yeah. i think consistency is absolutely paramount and you just have to just be there week in week out even if yeah. you're not picking up new players be there, be there um, always be willing and open make sure someone we always make sure someone's available to mm. do the demos it's either you myself or we'd line one of the other guys up to be like hey can you help out sort of deal yeah so that that's been huge actually now just as you were talking um you know what's what, what we what's prompted like so initially i think one of the learns we had was we tried to rush into playing the game at 300 points level Yes. And ITS and all the rest of it. I think when we were in the small store, yes, yep. we try to rush into it. And it was interesting because I was kind of driving that because you were probably too new to kind of uh, have too much say initially. And I was driving and I was coming from a, this was this was a big learning for me. Um, I was coming from an experienced player perspective mm-hmm. where the only thing I know of Infinity is tournaments, ITS, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And we tried that. It didn't really stick. Um, we had like a couple of events in the small store. Mm-hmm. Um, they were okay. Uh, they were fun, they were fun, but like um, yeah, like it would just it wasn't it wasn't perfect. There was room for improvement. Yeah, and I for think sure. the first time we really came close to getting right was the slow grow.
1: Yeah, that's actually yeah, a good point. I think the slow grow was a really huge um, step forward for our community. Because that came in at a really good time as well where we just had a bit of an influx of new people. Um, I think we'd sort of had four or five new people. And we people moved store. And moved store, yeah. Um, just picking up their first starter sets and things like that. So we're running that little slow grow was really good.
0: Yeah. So between Richard moving next door and getting a big, the biggest store
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the fact that we picked up a couple of players at that point as well, what we did by doing the slow grow, we brought the game back down to 100 points, 150, 200. And we realised... Hey, this game's really fun at any point level.
1: Yeah. Even that first week we played fifty points. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> just think... to get everyone to say hi to each other. Kind of we just did a round robin to get as many games in as you can a night. Exactly. And I certainly wouldn't say it's balanced at fifty points, but you can still have fun. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was and... still a great time to just get everyone to chat to each other and have a quick game.
0: That's no that you're absolutely right. So and that's something we've carried forward that that learned from that day where we said, you know, we'll pay 50 points. we will be the first, first week will be 50 points. Mm. We were kind of like, we were debating whether that's even like, I'm like, what's the point? But the point was, one of the things it did is, because you have, a, whenever you have a new community, one of the, what keeps the community going is, it's the game to a degree, like everyone's there for the game, mm. right? But you also want the social goal. You want people to get along. Yeah. And the best way to get people to get along is, If everyone plays everyone, right?
1: Exactly. Everyone gets
0: familiar with how each person plays. So having that 50 point, uh, having the 50 point game, having everyone get like two three games in a day in, in a night it wasn't so much about getting the games it was, it was that, that's good to get your reps but it's also to meet and see how the people play and like, you know make make a connection
1: yeah I think absolutely that was
0: that was huge and I think we've carried that forward into I guess consideration when we were doing other things um, other events uh, yeah going for sure. so that's that's that was that was a, that was an early learn um but yeah and the thing is we we with the slow grow as well we made the custom scenarios and it was just we just we made custom scenarios and scenarios were f- like fun. Um, like I know, they weren't balanced, but it was just about no, having the right. game be fun. Yeah. So and, yeah. and fast
1: as well, so people could play multiple games in a night, yes. which I think really helps um, draw the draw it to more of a casual place than competitive because. People don't take it as seriously if they know they've got two more games they can play, and they're not getting as bummed out if everything goes if pear-shaped in the first game. And it
0: can, and we also reduce the table size as well, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, it should be worth mentioning the table sizes are like uh, two by two, three by three, and four by four, mm. depending on the point limit. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a while ago now. But yeah, we definitely picked up some uh some learns there, and I think I think that's helped um helped helped the community kind of grow and yeah, as a slow grow, you know that that's it's part of, uh part of the parcel but in terms of learning rules um, the game's a lot easier to learn from another person than it is from a rule book so but in in uh, infinity uh, Belly Valley have provided code 1 now do you want to talk about how much code 1 we've used or yeah
1: we sure can um, yeah. not a lot we've yeah. played a handful of games of it um, and i do think code 1 is a really good game on its own um Like we said earlier, I just love the the depth and the tacticalness of N4, so I haven't really put much time into it. Mm. Uh, But we have played a couple of games of it, and it is very fun, and it plays sort of quick, and you can bring a lot of big hitters. That's one thing I really noticed about Code 1, is you can fit a lot of stuff into a list, uh, so it really doesn't hurt as much when you sort of lose one big point man. Mm. You've got plenty of other shooters left to go. Um, So, yeah, it can be a really fun game. Do so, you, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should be looking into using it more. Or... What do you think?
0: Uh, okay, so, 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 yeah. So, do you think Code 1 uh, is a useful resource?
1: I think Code 1 would be really good if you were learning it with someone else who was brand new um, and you guys were just starting out and okay. learning it from the book. Right. I think that would be really handy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, personally, when I'm demoing people, it's just like another set of rules to have to keep in my head the whole time and yeah that's sort of one of my concerns is that I guess in our community we think everyone's going to be playing N4 eventually anyway Yes. because um, we don't really have any regular Code 1 players no. so I guess that's always my thought with it is I'd mm. rather teach them a simplified version of N4 mm. and then build them up to playing yep. the full game than worrying about having a whole second rule set in my head even though yeah. there's a lot of overlap but
0: yeah yeah so i guess code one is like is that i guess uh, artificial, uh, official simplified uh rule set because yeah we'll talk about how we do our demos in a moment but i think what uh, i think an interesting question to ask is why do you think we didn't go down the code one route do you remember because i've got some inklings but
1: um, no, I don't remember it really being a conscious decision other than we all played N four and that's just okay. what it was. I guess when we very first started playing, um, we just had the N four starter set, like the um what was the Shazvasti two uh, player set? It was like that the yeah. the little starter booklet from, from that. This. No, not um, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever. whatever that one was, we had the little starter book that teaches you the beginnings of the N4 rules, mm. and then the N4 rules were online, so we just kept going straight into that. Okay. So I right. don't think it was really a conscious decision to do one after one over the other, other right. than just, I guess we sort of saw N4 as being the real game, the, even though. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: For sure. The interesting thing with Code One, I've, uh, I think it's a really fun game. Um, I actually really enjoy it, and it's, um, yeah, you definitely get a lot more heavier toys. Like you get like. A couple more heavy infantry and that gives you a bit more redundancy and i don't know it's a different game but mm-hmm. it's, it's really fun but uh my, my my recollection of why we didn't use code one and i think this is this is there's two reasons one it was um the availability of factions which is that's just something uh, that yep. the CBA are about to fix coming this year this year all the factions will be available so that won't be a limitation anymore but the other thing was trying to tell people what to buy is very hard, yeah. But also having your retail or your local game store have the stock for Code One, yes. Right. So, so Richie, Richie was still a small store, so he didn't really have the um, stuff for Code One. He just had Infinity stuff, right? So some of it was Code One, some of it yeah. wasn't. So then you, can, unless you, unless you kind of dictate or you kind of influence people on what to buy, it's very hard to start co- start them on Code One because if they, if they like. I don't know if they like that they like that anathematic. Yeah, right? that's right. So it's yeah. just like, yes. Yeah, go-
1: sorry, you're completely right. We did have that conversation, I remember. Because often we would get people, you know, we're not there the first time they walk in and mm. buy something for Infinity. So they'd show up with their start a set that they'd bought and we'd be like okay well none of these units are in code one so and then yeah. we'd have to
0: reprimand richard But yeah. why did you sell code
1: one it's so much easier to yeah. demo <laughs> uh,
0: no but anyway um so yeah that was yeah, that was really yeah but I, th- I think code one definitely has a place um but yeah we didn't use it so uh the way we kind of went about um i guess uh i guess growing the scene is developing our own kind of demo structure mm. um so What's like? What are the key mechanics you try to get across in uh, in a demo to kind of because because I guess just to unpack, so a, a demo is often like an opportunity to show the player a new person the beauty of the game mm. in the game. So I keep that in mind. Like I want to show them a cool interaction in this demo, but also teach them some basics. So I wanted them to see like there's a bit of depth. I just I want them to have like that oh, wow moment, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, wow, you absolutely. can do this. So what do you kind of try achieving your demos in terms of that in that aspect?
1: Yeah, one of the big things I'm always focused on is just getting reps in with the basics of movement and shooting. Yep. Um, so they're the starters. And generally, I try to just run the demos as fast as possible. I think, like, multiple quick games are better than uh, one longer game. One longer game, yeah. So I usually start my demos really small with just three combi rifle line troopers. hmm just have a quick shootout. I often give some sort of objective in the middle, just an objective marker they've got to try and have the most units in contact with, something sure. like that, just so they've got a reason to push their guys towards each other. Towards death. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get them into a few gunfights. Yeah. And then after that one, I'll usually just tack on one extra trooper with a new something each with round. A new weapon or. So, like yeah, a second one might be a heavy machine gun unit and then. The next game will be a boarding shotgun so I can go over how templates work and things like that. The next one might be a paramedic and a smoke grenade, something like that. And you try to get yeah. this
0: all like in the one night as much as... Exactly, yeah. So i would be trying night. to do sort of three ah. or four games
1: in sort of two, three hours kind of thing. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. That's usually my perspective of it. I just think that sort of shows them a lot more and... Gets really get really gets their reps in with the movement and the shooting and the mm. measuring range bands and that sort of thing, um, versus if you were to play like a hundred point game and just try to work your way through all the rules, I think you wouldn't really you'd just get overloaded.
0: Absolutely, yeah. fully agree. No, um, I, I took the, I took a leaf out of your book in the sense, um, using the three models for the initial one, um, because the the core mechanics I try to get across is how the orders work. Mm. How the uh, range bands work and the importance of them, how cover works, and uh, finally the uh, the I guess part that goes back into the orders thing. It's um, the, oh, sorry, the ARO system and how I guess everything happens simultaneously. Yes. Those are the five things I kind of want to achieve in that initial three um, three man three on three little mm. demo and then yeah you build you introduce an impetuous troop you introduce some yeah. smoke and you're like oh, all of a sudden this so this guy might be pinning you down but you've got the smoke now yeah exactly um, and then yeah and the slow, slow, straight away you can and that way you can show you can give them a, uh, I guess exactly like what you said you give them a the core foundation but then you straight away um Uh, manipulate that uh, and you straight away add on add on to it right so which is yeah and I I think I think that's worked really well to be honest I think we've well yeah we haven't actually talked about how many how many people we've got in the community so how how, who and who and what we've got like where do we start and uh, where do we start in terms of like numbers and where are we now
1: yeah so I guess when we started like when you guys came along you and Dean uh, sort of started coming in we had mostly just the five of us so there was you and me, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Dean, Dan, and Mark Mm -hmm. were kind of the original crew that we would play with. Absolutely. Um, And then we've had a few other people sort of float in and out. I think not long after that, we sort of were maybe up to about eight or nine people that were kind of interested, but not coming in necessarily every week. Yep. Um, I think in the early days, we did run one tournament that had eight people in it. Yeah, we did. um, Yeah, so we were really sort of hovering around the eight mark, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But now what are we, a year and a half later maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're sort of up to regularly running 14 to 16 person tournaments. Absolutely. Um, or events. Yeah, yeah. And
0: of course, some of those people come
1: from Melbourne. But yeah, still, yeah, for sure. But still, we've um, got a yeah, good crew. And even on our local nights, um, it varies quite a bit, but it can be anywhere from sort of 8, 10 up to 14 yeah. uh, every Wednesday, which That's has fun. been fantastic. So, it's yeah. been
0: really, really fun uh, to see. No, um, yeah, we've done, yeah, we've done well. We've picked, we, but the thing is, one of the, one of the things though, Infinity, uh, we have had is some attrition though. Yes. So, so we've picked up players, and some players have stuck with it. Some players haven't. Um, I don't know if this is common in, the, I guess, the wider community. It'd be interesting if anybody wants to uh, provide some feedback or their insights. But, um, yeah, we've had some players pick it up. I think we've had Anthony, Luke. We've had. uh yeah. Who else? have we had? To kind of come and go a little bit.
1: Um, there was uh, Paris and oh, Paris. Paris and Luke um, is Luke, the other, yeah. Oh, Luke yeah. Okay. yeah and so they were all very keen players when they came in and started to learn it but no. they were also people who had a lot of other war games as well Yeah, um, which I think is one of the things that Infinity might struggle with a little bit is being the second Sharing war the game yeah. that you play <laughs> whereas I think it sort of demands that you play it fairly regularly to keep all of it in your head
0: Welcome back, listeners. Um, some of you might have noticed that static, right? Uh, Modern static there. Yes, we are running a high budget uh, <laughs> operation here. Um, Basically, Nick and Kevin haven't me, given me the keys to the mansion yet, so we're using um, audio devices which are all free in trial modes. so <laughs> we just had a whole bunch of static come through because of the uh, one of the free trials has run, run, run out of time. But we're back, um, and yeah, basically, Chris, what were we were just talking about, <laughs> that's so funny, <laughs> what fuck. Um, Yeah, what we were just talking about is the attrition rate that we've had yes. within the... Um, the game and you're right and you were just saying how infinities probably uh, probably struggles to be someone's second game or uh, a game that shares someone's hobby space because it's so demanding from a rules yeah and i think
1: particularly when you're learning it um you'd really want to be trying to play fairly regularly you know even if you can just do once a fortnight or something just to get those rules sinking in yeah um but yeah i think there's just so many great war games out there. You know, there's things like Malifaux and um, Blood Bowl you're playing at the moment. A lot, uh, yeah, Lord of Blood the Rings was. is great fun. There's just a lot of great smaller scale war games that I think are sharing the space. And yeah. even though, I mean, even I've been guilty of trying to play all of them. You know, you yeah, <laughs> you see sure. so many cool things. You want to buy some new models and you yes. try out something new. Um, yeah. So I think that's a big part of the attrition rate we've seen is just people genuinely are interested in infinity and the cool mechanics and the beautiful models but they just don't have the time um to sort of manage four war games at a time you know whatever it ends up being yeah
0: right yeah but now the interesting thing is like what's kept what's kept us playing infinity what's kept what's kept you playing infinity of all the other ones because you did pick up some stuff for lord of the rings um you picked up some stuff for um, I think it was... Age Flames of Sigma, of a Age of Sigma as yeah, as well. they've yeah. got
1: some, yeah, bolt action. Yeah, um, bolt action is that, that's right. Yeah, no, the big thing for Infinity, I just, I love the core mechanics of it. I haven't really seen the same, like, there are bits and pieces of it that appear in other games, just, like, there are some games that have reaction shots and things like that, but it's never to the level of Infinity. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I think that's the thing that keeps me coming back to Infinity over all the other games, is just the core mechanics are so tight and work so well. But, yeah, I haven't really considered much else.
0: Yeah, right. Um, I'm actually so sick of Infinity. I just can't. (laughs) No, no. Um, I I I love Infinity. It's interesting because... The, but the main driver for me nowadays is the community and the people that we've kind of met from the greater Melbourne like from the Melbourne mm. crowd because I'm uh, I know a lot of that that's where I started and now the Geelong guys as well that's that's really the driving force for me but the game itself is it's just excellent and the refreshing to the, the refresher to the new rules and the fire teams I think it's all been been really good um so so yeah no nah, that's so but so, but yeah it's, it definitely does struggle uh, being playing second fiddle. Um, in terms of other war games. Um, now, I guess one of the interesting things, though, is the other thing that kind of keeps me in Infinity is the tight rule set, but also the competitive aspect of it. Hmm. Now, you are very, uh, probably fair to say, a bit from the other spectrum. Yeah, you yeah, Much more a casual focus, and one the, yeah, and I'll obviously uh, I'll start by saying that you've given me a lot of insight from the casual perspective and I think you've been right on a lot of it. Um, And I think, yeah. Do you want to have a talk about it, what you think about the competitive versus casual?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And yeah, so I'm I'm very much on the casual side. Um, I really love the painting and the hobby side of Infinity um, and I've been getting right into that. But I also just think that a lot of people see Infinity and how well-balanced it is and think that, that makes it the perfect competitive game, which it kind of does. And I can totally see why people want to play really competitively with it. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's also a game that can be played very casually and just taken a little less seriously. Um, And I think that a lot of people don't really consider that side of it as much. Um, But it's certainly a game that I think really benefits from playing with your opponent instead of against them. Um, One of the other things I love about Infinity is how clearly divided the open information is from the stuff you can keep secret. And I think when you're playing, you should always be forthcoming with open information. So I'm always really big on pointing out to opponents something that they might have forgotten or they might have not considered about where they're moving their guys, particularly with the, the density of boards we play with and things like that. You always end up with models hidden behind buildings and repeaters and things like that. So I'll always be looking out for that. just saying, "Hey, before you move your heavy infantry, are you sure you want to put it there? Because there's a repeater here, and it's getting pretty close." You know, yeah, things like that.
0: Good point. Um, good point. Now, do, now the question for me is: Do you think that's a casual? That's a casual approach, or do you think that's a friendly approach?
1: Not necessarily. Yeah, I think it's certainly just a friendly approach. Um, but it is something that I think, coming from other war games, maybe they don't encourage as much as yeah. Or but ma- even even yeah.
0: the Infinity community, you could probably say that that uh, I don't every Infinity community encourages that. No, exactly, and that's
1: something I think where you are trying to push now is coming up with a few things like that that um might make it a bit more casual and kind of help keep the games nice and friendly because even when you are playing to you know playing for keeps, you can still do that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. and it sort of I guess it depends on the kind of. Person you are, but I don't want to win a game because my opponent forgot some small rule or wasn't doing a three hundred and sixty walk around of the board every time before they committed to their order. You yeah. know, I, I would rather win because you know you played tactically or moved your guys in yes. the right place or that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely, but uh, well, there's obviously there's obviously a degree of you know not pl- uh, not playing against yourself for the on behalf of the opponent, but there's also but there is like, there there is there is room for you to kind of if they're making some an obvious mistake or if they're doing something something that you think, you know, hey, I don't think they quite understand this part of the game, it's worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and in a tournament setting, you know, I, I certainly don't think people should have to be stopping their opponent and saying, actually, the better move would be to do this and then you'll definitely kill my guy. Yeah. But I just think <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you should be saying, hey, here's all the information, yeah. now you make the choice. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't want people to be coming from, you know, just making a decision without realising some small part that yeah. you could have helped them. Especially you know, on Wednesday night. Sort and of game, yeah, right? especially for casual games. Because right. it is, you know, even once you have your, your head around the rules, it's a very complex game. Like there's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot of skills that everyone has and you, even if you kind of know your opponent's army, you might forget that their sniper has MSV2 or, you know, yes. things like that. So I always think it's good to just be forthcoming with that and that helps play into keeping the game a bit more friendly and casual
0: yeah yeah and it's it's interesting because the i guess because uh, like i said i've been playing the game for ages, so all i know is the competitive aspect of it and like you said the game um really the rule set and the game itself kind of leans into that competitiveness and cb have even come out and said that they they've um they've let the uh reception of the game dictate how they develop it because they okay. came out they came from a um uh, role-playing game right that's the whole where they, they came from and you can do what the the game the the mechanics or the core rules are really malleable like i know rob cantrell runs um narrative tournaments you can mm. you can do lots of things with it right but but the way that the community has received it is pushed it to the competitive side and therefore that's simply the the default but that's not necessarily the the only way to play it and you've really helped uh, kind of enlighten that because at the end of the day the game is fun even if Without like having to you know try yeah without with just without having to have the competitive edge um, to it to be honest uh, and that that's that's it's really yeah
1: it's it's yeah a, that's right really true and you can find fun in just having really casual games as well like it the fun doesn't need to always come from winning in my opinion like if you can find the moments that make the game interesting um, like in our last. Uh, event I played in the more casual bracket and played yes. against a, a relatively new player named Luke from Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and we had a really great game but there was one point in the last turn where I'd sort of overextended myself and left my fire team, we were playing supplies, they mm-hmm. were holding the box on a rooftop and I was not in a very good position and he still had his last turn to go and a big tag sitting right nearby and at the end of my turn, I was able to just go, all right, that's the best I can do. Let's see what happens. And it was really fun just to watch him come at me and like attack my guys. And he ended up winning the game, but I still had an absolutely amazing time yes. on that last turn, just seeing the story unfold of if my troopers that were prone on a roof <laughs> desperately hiding from this tag could survive long enough. So yeah, yeah for sure. I for think sure. you've just got to try and find the moments in the game that are fun, even if it's not about yeah. necessarily being cut through it.
0: Yeah, there's 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 something to like. That one of the greatest parts about Infinity is like, the way you can look at it is you're setting a puzzle for your opponent mm-hmm. every turn. With every activation, you're setting a puzzle for your opponent to unpick in their rea- in their active turn, right? And so it's like almost like an exchange of puzzles, right? Yes, so it's absolutely. like I set up a puzzle. You try, and then you try to solve it, it and really you is. you set yeah. up a puzzle I try to solve it and that's that. and there's really there's a lot of fun in, in, in that part of it to be honest um, there's yeah a lot of fun
1: yeah and that's a good point for like our Wednesday night games where we try to keep things fairly casual um, something that the more experienced players tend to do is if you see your opponent stuck where they clearly don't know how to deal with a threat you know step aside and say to them look do you want some tips do you want me to let's just look at your army list and we can try to figure this out together. Unpacked. And I think that can be just as fun as playing a game is sort of, as you say, it's a puzzle. Each person's setting up a puzzle for the other, but you can also just play together to solve the puzzle. Exactly. Like you don't necessarily need to be solving your opponent's puzzle. You can work with your opponent to solve the puzzle you set up. Yes. And that can be just as challenging as you can. even, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So yeah, that can be a really fun way to play also. And then obviously the, the, potentially lesser skilled person in that scenario that didn't know how to deal with whatever you'd set up, they get the opportunity to learn a lot that's right
0: actually one of the things um by playing playing new players um i think i've improved a lot to be honest from playing new players because uh in the demo sometimes you have to think like a step ahead and you you have to consciously as you're doing the demo you you, one of the things you try to do sometimes is set up a puzzle for them Mm. so you know what tools they've got at at their disposal you know what you've got so you set it up in a way like okay if i set this model here Uh, overwatching this lane, they can't really engage you because they don't have the weapons, they don't have the range for it, but they have smoke. So basically Mm. you're forcing them to use smoke and then you're like, let's see if they see themselves. If they don't see themselves, then you step in and be like, hey, I know you can't get through there because I've set up that arrow, but what you do have is smoke. Yeah. Yeah. So that's improved me as a player greatly, to be honest. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And I've actually found playing demos um, sometimes or even our slow grow where we were often playing new guys at 100 points or whatever. Yep. Um, and I would deliberately try to take Norkius. no big hitters. Oh, no. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but I would leave norkis out of it and just take mine troopers and yep. chain rifles or, you know, something yep. like that. And then just be like, okay, they've got a heavy machine gun on that roof. How can yep. I possibly do it without yep. any, you know... I can't use my gunfire just to push through. Yeah. So let's see what we can work out and how many cautious really, moves um, Yeah, need. that's right, how many cautious <laughs> moves you need. But um. I thought that was a really good learning experience. So that is a good point about demos, you don't or, you know, learning games. They don't yeah. necessarily have to not be something that you learn from as well. You can also be getting things out of them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um I think yeah, I think I think um yeah, demo games. Absolutely, you can you can take some, Yeah, you can, you can definitely get a lot out of it as the teach as the as the teacher uh, as well. The the one thing though, um, in terms of competitive and casual though, where what is the difference in reward from the two types of gaming? So, for example, so from competitive gaming, the reward comes very much. So if, if you're more of a, if you lean to the competitive side of it, the reward comes from winning and doing well i guess an improvement from a casual aspect where do you get the enjoyment from
1: um yeah so i would say the social aspect is a big one Mm -hmm. um just you know having a game with a friend you know we've we've made a lot of friends in this community so just getting to catch up and yeah have a game um solving puzzles like i think probably a big part of the com- uh, competitive drive as well is not just winning, but solving the hardest puzzles. Yeah. I think that's something I see a lot in the really competitive guys that particularly come down from Melbourne and stuff. Mm. Where they generally want the tense games where they're yes. really having to think. <laughs> Those are the um, best games. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's something that the competitive side see, but also that's still something on the casual side that people really enjoy is just, yeah, solving the puzzles. Um, and yeah, I think just casu- yeah for the casual side having the sort of social aspect is a big part of it absolutely and just the enjoyment of seeing the models you painted on the board like it's also it's just so part of that seeing yes. the, the latest dudes you painted up um, mm-hmm. on the board running around do damage yeah the but the thing is with the casual thing um, you still improve right mm. even
0: as long as you're playing the game doesn't matter what in what facet you're, you're going to be improving. And having improvement is always enjoyable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're playing competitive or casual, whatever, um, you're still going to be improving the game. You're going to be honing your your skill sort of thing. Um, And, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess would this be probably a good time to kind of go into some of the Innovations that we've innovations quote unquote mm. um, that we've kind of made, or is there anything else that you've kind of noted down that you wanted to speak about before we jump into this part?
1: Um, no, I'm happy to go into that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sweet. So some of the innov- so so some of the innovations we've made um, more broadly speaking to that's helped us grow the community. I guess um, you've driven a lot of this. Um, so starting with social media, what have we done from a social media aspect?
1: Yeah. So when we first started out, we just had a group chat on Facebook. Um, that Richard from the store started up and there was a few people in there. Um, But not too long after you and Dean came along um, and we started to grow a little bit more, we just found that group chat was a bit restrictive or chaotic. You sort of would lose Mm -hmm. stuff in there pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we started up a Facebook page uh, just called Geelong Infinity, which I thought was a really good way um, to just have a home base and something that's easily searchable for people. Uh, so if anyone, say, like you did move to Geelong and is looking for an Infinity Crew, yes. it's right there in the name, you know. Yep. People might just stumble upon it on Facebook. Uh, but that became really good just for organising games. So we put up a post every week saying uh, who's coming down this Wednesday and then people can line up games in that. That's and right. we also ran a few other things like having a work in progress every week so that people can post up what they've painted um, and things like that. So I think that was a really good hub for... Yep, for um growing our community in there, and obviously Facebook events and stuff we can run from there. So everyone who's joined that group gets notified of everything we're doing.
0: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. In the sense, uh, the Facebook's been really useful. In the sense, uh, the Facebook page has been cool having the Jolong Infinity. That was a great. That was a, that was where we started. Then we wanted to obviously gauge who's attending on a Wednesday, so then we could then allocate ourselves to the demos if need be. Yeah. Um, from that we grew. Uh, to like you said, uh, obviously uh, work in progress uh, posts, and then there was uh, we did some list review posts.
1: Yeah, actually that's
0: um, been pretty good. So so some of now some of it's hit and miss. Um, Facebook isn't engaged by everybody, hmm. but the thing that was most successful is about uh, the the Facebook aspect was what we eventually realized is Infinity has a lot, so much going on that we try to streamline. I guess the overheads from either your people's uh, new players mental processes. So we eventually started choosing the mission for the week. Yeah. So that, I think that was a pretty. That was probably the, one of the most successful things. So so every Wednesday we meet, and every Wednesday we pick a new mission for the for that week. So people have something a li- something to list build towards. So they everyone knows what mission everyone's playing. So everyone's build list building for that same mission. So it just takes them away that some of that overhead being like, oh, what, should, what list should I bring, or what missions am I going to play, sort of thing. So when you're lining up your game, you know who you're playing, you know exactly the mission, and you can build that list for that mission.
1: Yeah, that's right. Totally. And it also um, generates a lot of discussion afterwards as well because everyone played the same mission. Yes. You can sit around afterwards and chat about, oh, what did you find hard? What did you bring that yes. worked really well? That sort of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, I do agree that I think that was one of the best things we did was just having a single mission chosen each week. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, they missions chosen from whatever event's coming up next, either in Geelong or Melbourne. Yep. Um, and we'll decide them on that or just does something we haven't played in a while. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's been really good.
0: Yeah, so eventually what we did was um, we started running monthly events uh, and one of the things that, that helped us uh, really uh, hone things in, so what we do is we have a monthly event with three missions uh, and then throughout the throughout that month, every Wednesday, we'd take a mission from that monthly event. And we'd line it up. So, uh, say the event has decap, capture, uh, protect, and countermeasures. Week one of that month would be decap. Week two would be countermeasures. Week three would be um, capture and protect, or whatever. And that way, leading up to the event, everyone's had a chance to play the mission and hone their list. And then come the event, everyone's kind of kind of as ready as they can possi- mm. possibly be. I think that's been good. I think one of the things you know you found in on the Facebook, one of the good aspects is automated um, events.
1: You manage scheduled posts. Yeah, scheduled yeah. posts
0: sort of thing. So that that's that's taking a lot of because it is laborious. I uh, having to put up events all the time, so and it does take time.
1: It is, yeah. And unfortunately, Facebook doesn't have a complete automation thing for it. Like I still just go in and schedule those posts, but at least you can do it in advance. So when I've got some spare time at work or whatever, I'll just schedule a month of them in one go. Okay. Um, yeah. It'd be nicer if they let you just do sure. recurring posts indefinitely, but yeah, you yeah, still have to you. schedule them for the moment.
0: Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I think social media definitely has a big part to play in Absolutely. organizing and making things as easy as possible. We've also started a discord server. That's um, it's kind of, it's only just started. Well, we will see, I think, I think it's got a lot of potential. I personally prefer it to all the other uh, mediums, but it hasn't, Really kicked off. It was kind of on the back of the Whip Twelve episode that we it listened was, to, yeah. the Community Building one, which um, also Yeah, and episode. I think
1: Discord really um, is a good chat platform for splitting things up a little bit. Because now that we have sort of sixteen or however many active players, the group chat is really wild. It's yeah, just wild. <laughs> Sometimes it's wild. you you get off a day of work or whatever and check your phone, and there's been hundred new messages, and so stuff just gets lost in there. Yeah, and like um, fifty
0: of them are just yeah, uh, I don't know, personal. And we're back again. Um, can't say we're not persistent, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> this, fucking, yeah. uh, uh, this free audio device, Loopback, um, we'll have a review pending <laughs> <laughs> come Monday. Uh, but anyway, we've actually um, we've had to move. Uh, we've been kicked out of the living room uh, as there has been yeah. a throng of kids that have attended your, 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 your house. Um, but yeah, basically what we're... What, 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 uh what we we're, were talking about actually um so it's been like five minutes since we we just finished but effectively um yeah so we're talking about the social media innovations that we've done now the other innovation we've done is in the event uh space so we've run six events now more no we've run more than oh, six be more than
1: that yeah yeah
0: we've run like six or eight events maybe yeah eight events and like i said i think earlier we started with like the traditional ITS model which is um, that was my brainchild or that was all I knew and then you started tinkering and started suggesting a couple of um, variations and if you want to go through some of those variations and I guess and then we can talk about how they've had what kind of effect they've had
1: yeah so they're really uh, the last couple is where we've started to really diverge so our first change was not uh, focusing as much on first, second and third place prizes um, yes. we started to reward things like Uh, We have a a best painted uh, that gets voted on halfway through the day. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we've started doing a prize for a random draw for fully painted army. So if you play with a fully painted infinity army, you just go into a random draw. So our thoughts behind that were have something for people who paint slow and try to paint the best they can. And then a prize for people who paint quick and just get colors on their army and have a nice looking army on the table, uh, which I think both deserve to be rewarded. Um, And then we also do a prize for, what's the third Best sport. Uh, Best sports, that's right. (laughs) Voted on um, at the end of the day. So we've just been having people just give us three, two, one votes um, for their favourites, best sports people. um, And then giving a prize out for that as well. So that was really a conscious decision. Like in our first... Uh, it's two events ago now, we still announced the first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. Um, so still giving them, you know, props and bragging rights. Yep. But yeah, we wanted the, the prizes to be sort of a bit more spread on not just being based on player skill and that yes. kind of thing. And then um, our most recent one, we really tried to do something different. So we changed up quite a few things. So we kept that same prize structure, uh, but we actually tried doing a uh, bracketed groups. So we kind of split the field down the middle, between sort of the more competitive players and the more skilled players Mm -hmm. uh, in one group and then the sort of more casual or the learning players in the second group and then basically just ran them as two Swiss tournaments next to each other with a bit of crossover based on how people were doing on the day. Uh, But the idea of that was to sort of let the competitive players play as hard as they want and still have the casual and the newer players get three games that were about their skill level uh, rather than a brand new player getting randomly assigned to play, you know, someone from Melbourne who's been playing for five years.
0: Yeah. So before we unpack why we did that, do we want to touch on the names for each group? (laughs) <laughs> so well, what were the names Chris?
1: i don't know that no, there was no names <laughs> okay. it was experienced and fledging i think yeah. that's that, that that was the two categories
0: uh for the two groups but effectively um one of the things that inspired it is we because obviously as you're running an event you're quite conscious of how everyone's doing and you're you also see the results so some of the events we ran we'd have new players or local players get probably one good game out of three yeah and like we can all agree i think when we say infinity is best when it's close right mm. when it's a close game and coming down to the last turn yeah, you're yeah, both yeah. in it to all three turns we were looking around the room too often and seeing the disparity in player skill and me- resulting in some players either having one good game because they'd play they'd lose their first game and then they play a one of the experienced player who just ran into another experienced player and end up losing and now you have to yeah and yeah. you get stomped so we, 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 we we're very conscious of like players um i guess uh enjoyment right because that's that's what at the end of the day it's what it's about it's like how much fun are you really having right how much time you're uh, you having for the amount of time you're putting in so that inspired us like you said to split the bracket and the way we split the bracket is um we we've, we've got a pretty good uh, finger on our, on the pulse in terms of player skill we feel at least uh, with two variables me, me and yourself being able to um, oscillate between you know playing hard and playing yeah. softly um, so we so that kind of helps and yes yeah, so what we do we split the two groups up and we also give people now uh, going forward the opportunity to nominate self nominate into the higher bracket should they feel are their ego being impinged <laughs> um, <laughs> no uh, but obviously yeah some people some people feel like, uh, like Josh a uh, local Josh he feels you know um, running the gauntlet is uh, more beneficial to him as a for his development as a player, to do that, I disagree completely. But that's that's anyway, it's on him. The point is, all we can do is uh, facilitate for as many people as we can, and that, I think I think that that achieves that. Having that ability to self-nominate into the higher bracket, yeah, absolutely. I think that helps. Um, but and how's how's that work? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think last month? I
1: think it was great. Yeah, I think it worked really well. Um, we'll talk a bit in a minute about feedback, but we um, got some feedback on it and the overwhelming majority of people thought that they got either two or three games that were at a similar skill level as them, which is what we had hoped. So, yes. yeah, I think it worked really well. Um, it seemed like there were fun games going on all day. Mm-hmm. There were certainly tense games for the people who yes. wanted them, and yeah. you know, all the skilled players got more games against other skilled players.
0: That, yeah, that's which, that, that's the interesting thing. The, uh, the play mentality is really interesting to kind of dive into for maybe a bit of a moment. But basically... I as a player absolutely hate playing new players mm. in like in an event like mm. in an event where I'm I'm looking to win. Um, yeah, I hate it not because are uh, the new players are below me or anything like that. It's just like my natural urge is to. I, 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 so I'm I'm torn in that situation. I become torn. So if I go to five like a two, uh, five round event and I play a new player, and uh, I'm I'm looking to do well and. But if I come up against a new player, I'll, I'm always looking to like help, help or like teach somebody, right? Yeah. So then I get caught in that, exactly. that space where I'm like, oh, I really want to stomp this guy and drop my raz yet. But on the other <laughs> hand, it's like I also want to, you know, I also want to help him win, and I want him to have a good time. Yeah. So so I get really torn. So often. Um, that's one of the reasons I actually grudge people very often in the first round of an event just to make sure I get an experienced player. Mm. Um, But also, but yeah, that, 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 that's, that's kind of hard. So, so the ability to, the benefit for experienced players is they get to have three tight games and evolve Mm. probably more than they would playing, you know, two-fledging players and uh, an experienced player and then winning the tournament. I think they get, I'd argue they get more value out of the day by having three close, hard, difficult games than having, you know, two moderate games and a a hard one and then winning the event and saying, yeah, I'm the best. Yeah, that's right. And
1: what you've just said there was something we did see in the feedback as well um, of our previous event about, because this is probably a little bit unique to our community but we get players down from Melbourne for our events who are very skilled players Yes, and then we have people in our community that are brand new players and then just throwing them all in a mixer together can lead to people who, like yourself, come down for three games and looking for very competitive games and then end up playing someone who's really new and feeling bad about, you know, they want to be here to win and Mm. then they sort of get lined up against um, somebody who's very new Uh, so yeah, that was a big part of the the, the thought process behind the yeah. bracketing system
0: and it's yeah it's, and really I'm surprised like and it's just it's funny like looking back now like as a, as a, like a veteran quote unquote of Infinity I'm surprised n- no one has done that earlier because Infinity is such a skill based game that like it just makes sense if, if you're trying to maximise how much enjoyment people are getting from the from the event there's no point having somebody who's played 10 games play against kevin because kevin will still insert his sphinx into them every single time and say oh sorry mate you could have done this afterwards but like yeah. you could have, you could build your list differently afterwards but you know you know what i'm like yeah i don't know i'm so like like it, I, the fact that it took yeah it, looking back i'm like why do like how, how come it took us so long to realize this so yeah i anyway, know it's it's interesting i i think i think it, i think it's been really good um now how do we know we're doing the right thing
1: feedback yes Yep. okay so this is one thing I think we probably waited a touch too long to do I wish we'd done it a little bit earlier yes because it did come from the start where we had a very small community and we saw everyone every week and we knew what people wanted out of the game and then we sort of had a bit of an explosion around the time we did that slow grow Mm -hmm. and then we sort of ran three or four probably events where we didn't get any feedback that I think we probably should have been when we didn't really have the time to go and see everyone afterwards and get Mm. their thoughts on it um, but yeah, we just use a basic Google form. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really easy to put together. We should and, probably and, shout out
0: Peter Henry. And Peter Henry, yeah, who yeah, Peter stole Henry.
1: like 75% of his form. So thanks, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> thanks, Pete. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> um, but I don't know, maybe we could post up. I don't know if you want to put something on your socials, yeah, yes, showing sure. them the example of what we run, uh, mm-hmm. what we put in our forms. Yeah. Um, and it has developed a bit since we um, started out with Pete's template. Yep. Um, but it's been fantastic for just getting a real feedback on what people want out of the game and what they think about the changes you made each month. Because, as I said, the last two months we've tried some very different things. Uh-huh. Um, so, getting that kind of honest feedback. And I think it's. But you does... can't listen to all the feedback. When no. the
0: feedback says, Lost Lieutenant <laughs> is uh, a bad idea, Reinforced Command is a bad idea. You just, you just, you, ha- you have to squash the masses.
1: That's huh? true, yeah. Sometimes
0: people don't know what's good for them. So uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Just, uh, sorry, just to, to explain the joke to uh, the viewer, uh, to the listeners, I guess, um, in the local community, we've been playing, playing with Reinforced Command pretty much from the start. Yeah. and slowly but surely the mob's been forming <laughs> um, at my door saying we want to be yeah, able to be it's in not Lost of lieutenants yeah <laughs> it's not the real game. so eventually so eventually uh, we finally caved and let them have their uh, loss of lieutenants so yeah. t- tomorrow is our next uh, monthly actually right. um uh, and it'll be funny and well I'll, I just want to see how many of them come crawling back when uh you know they're spending their term with a bunch of irregular orders the idiots yeah. and
1: we did uh put. Uh, Decap in as one of the missions for tomorrow. Just as a little, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little bit of spite for the first uh, one with loss of lieutenant. Yeah, because that has been forced built into it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, cool. So yeah, the feedback form has been great. Um, yeah, we've gotten lots of really, really valuable information out of it. I think it does also allow people to kind of process the event for a day or so afterwards before they put in their thoughts about it. Um, and the other thing it does is when they're not talking straight to your face, I think they're likely to be a little bit more honest about their thoughts and Yeah, well, we give them the like ability that. to be anonymous, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, if people really want to tee off, they don't have to put their name in. Yeah, absolutely, um, and they're welcome to tee off. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's been really good because I think if we just went around at the end of the day and asked everyone what they thought, everyone would just be like, yeah, it was good. And, yeah. But, you know, when you give them some prompts and have them fill in the information, um, you know, a day or so later... It, yeah, it really gets you some valuable insight in what people are after.
0: Yeah, and like, what have you done well? What have you, haven't done well? Uh, terrain. Um, yeah, there's so much. Mm. So some of the questions we ask is basically, the very first question is like, how much fun did you have? Like, one yep. to five, like, was it the best day ever? Was it not? Um, then there was like, uh, terrain, um, did you, anything you think we can prove? was the money you paid worth it were the prizes okay um, basically did you like the bracketing system did you like the missions uh, yeah so just some general information right and then yeah you you can really get a you get a pretty you get a pretty good insight um, into how people feel and the and anon, an anon, uh, anonymous 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 <laughs> uh, 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 approach um, or the anonymous option also lets people kind of you know be quite honest as well. Uh, I don't think we've had anything uh, uh, anyone's anyone. I don't think anyone said anything really that bad uh, no. except Dan um, <laughs> and he tried to stay anonymous but the way he no no <laughs> I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to make a joke at this point but no but honestly yes yeah, so I, think, I think it's been really good um, mm. and one of the most important parts oh, I don't know if we should go into it now but I definitely want to touch on it is uh, uh, sorry I'm um, just having a bit stuck in two minds at the moment but yeah, so where are we developing this feedback form to? We're developing... So one of, the, one of the places I'm hoping we develop it to, and this is still up for debate, but I think there's value in developing the feedback form to allow players to give each other feedback.
1: Now, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's 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 treading on some dangerous ground, but I can see the value in it as well.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll explain my reason for it. And I think, yeah, we haven't implemented this yet, or we might not even. But one of the one of the ideas behind it is, um, war, one of the aspects of playing infinity or playing any war game is knowing the rules and being good at the game itself. The other aspect there's but there's a whole other part of the hobby which a lot of people ignore is the social side of mm. things how are you as a player to play against do you tilt do you keep it cool do you are you gracious in defeat are you gracious when people crit um are you open with your information um are you tight with your measurements are you uh, honest with your declarations you know like there's there's faux pas in the hobby itself in the wider hobby itself right mm. which can be I guess, developed as well as curtailed, right? But curtailing them is difficult. So I guess I guess what we can do, we can touch on bad actors. How do we deal with bad actors in the community? Have, we haven't had too many, but... No,
1: we haven't really had to deal with that much. Um, I think... So what we've sort of implemented to that point on the feedback form so far is a more general, not naming names, but mm-hmm. last time we did ask people... In round one, was there any feedback you'd give on your opponent? Mm-hmm. And there were just some check boxes for the things you mentioned, basically. Yes. So that gave us some good insight. Like, as a community, what do we need to work on? Yes. Which I thought was a really a good way to do it where we're not pointing fingers at anyone, mm-hmm. but we can kind of get a feel if people think generally, you know, we're seeing repeat instances of people getting angry or, you know, whatever it might yes. be. Yes, sure. Um, so I thought that was a good way to do it. I'm not as sold on... Giving people direct feedback. Um, yeah. I mean, it's certainly valuable as long as people are receptive to it, and I guess mm. as long as you're being, um, you know, sort of nice about how you hand it to them, it, yep. is, it is good information to have.
0: Yeah, well, um, yeah. The, the, I don't know. My thinking. So the the way. So just to really give detailed uh, breakdown of how you would structure the form, in my mind, is effectively what you would do is you would have a separate form to the general feedback form. So this one will obviously can't be anonymous because you'd be naming the people you play. Mm-hmm. You'd also give it, be giving them a one out of five to in terms of how much fun the game was. And then you'd have a whole bunch of prompts, uh, pre-made prompts, which you, where you'd be saying where they can prove. So some examples would be uh, measure, uh, measurements, measurements, um, Open uh, openness of information, willingness of information, um, uh, clearness in, uh, so rule knowledge and, I don't know, something else, whatever, right? Um, or time management skills, mm-hmm. right? So, so those are the prompts. And then say, you and me play, I, I give you a four out of five, I'm like, yep, it was a really good game. Uh, the only thing I think he could tighten up on is um, his measurements. I think he was surfing a little bit, so I'll yeah. take that one. And then what would happen is, at the end of the event, anyone who opts into receive feedback from mm. their opponents will get a feedback from us of yeah. a summary yeah. of the feedback so it's like okay for the day out of the 15 points of uh 15 points of fun you could have scored from your <laughs> opponents you got 12 so you lost uh so so 12 uh is what you got and some of the things that people point out that you can prove on is your measurements right so it's like okay so everyone I played had generally a good game yeah. um, and the only thing I, I was really doing wrong is surfing a little bit okay because the thing is and the reason I think I think this is important is the fact you can't possibly improve or something or change a behavior unless you know you're doing it for sure yeah that, and that, that's that's kind of that's, that's kind of the thing and the, the only way you're going to know you're doing something wrong is either people stop playing you which is pretty painful
1: yeah not ideal
0: or they tell you right or or they inform you and and thing now in terms of being informed the information can come from either community leaders or tournament organizers but my my fear with this and this is something i discussed with you and i think i've talked to you about as well is my fear with this is it kind of sets up it kind of centralizes authority and i don't think I don't think that's great
1: in a community, mm. but what do you, I don't know,
0: what do you reckon? And do you have any thoughts?
1: Um, just on the centralizing authority point, I think that's something we've discussed a bit lately, but we kind of have painted ourselves in a bit of a corner where there's only a couple of us that are really doing all the work for this sort of events and that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, yes. So that's something we're going to be looking to change up going forward is spreading the load a bit more because, you know, it, it is work. It is effort it's a and lot. time it's and stuff that you got to put yeah. in and not just in, making forms or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's also just like this. We talk a lot about how we're going to grow the community and what we think will work and what doesn't and that sort of thing. So yeah, a lot of hours go into it. um, So that'll be a big thing. Um, As far as getting individual feedback, I certainly think it would help. I guess you'd just need, yeah, I guess opting into it is a clever way to do it. Yeah. Because.
0: So if you want to hear like, if you, if you want, if you, you know, if that's something you're like, you know what, I'm actually interested in like, what do people think about me? Yeah, exactly. Right. From kind of like, Mm. Yeah, from a,
1: like a general Yeah, page. no, it's certainly it would be something we can uh, definitely give a go and see if how that works out. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll see what people say, right, mm. um, and how, how the receptive are. But the but the diffusing of authority, I think, is really important because at the end of the day, the community is not ours. It's not like, no, sure, totally. we're, we're yeah. putting in a little bit more effort in, in some senses, but at the end of the day, it's not our community. The community is everyone. So the only way we can really, um, I guess, shape the community to represent everyone... Is to give them, it is to give opportunity to, for, for the wider, for everyone to have a, a yeah. input, right? And, motherfucker, <laughs> I was on a roll. Oh, mother. Yeah, sorry, uh, listeners, uh, we're back and our recording devices uh struck again. But basically, all what we were touching on those last kind of points is kind of, I guess, one of the most interesting things about the last 14 months is, Yeah, sure. It's been like growing a community. Uh, So it's been uh, playing infinity, but it's also but the most, my most fascinating part for me is has been for me is growing a community, working with people and collaborating with people for a common goal that's been Hmm. really interesting like working with you, working with Dan, working with um, uh, Mark, Dean uh, Richard, the store owner and trying to coordinate and kind of pull into the same direction it's been, it's hard, it's not easy and I think think it's a skill that's applicable from a a wider sense than just obviously Wargaming it's something, it's a skill that you can repurpose Um, it's exhausting for sure and Hmm. I think you and me are both uh, a little bit burnt out uh, recently so so we'll be looking to the community for a little bit of support um, yep. because I, I don't live in Geelong any longer, and you've got a child in the way, right? Yeah. So it's just it's not feasible, right? So, but but yeah, going back to like the the diffusal of authority, um, that's really important, I think, for a healthy community. Otherwise, otherwise, I guess it, it helps guard off against that. Yeah, uh, I think that self, self, self. Uh, equipped, uh, uh, self-equipped righteousness, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's like I'm running all the tournaments, I'm organizing all yeah. this. you know, it's kind of you kind of you. It's 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 kind of human nature to kind of equip yourself with a bit of righteousness in that sense. And I think that's really dangerous. It's it's very normal. Mm. It's very normal for it to happen, but it's it's dangerous and it can be kind of toxic because then you can kind of like. I don't know, feel like people owe you something? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've definitely had that feeling. I'm like, and I, I've yeah, had definitely. to like push yeah. that down a little yeah. bit. So that's been interesting. But.
1: And yeah. I think just spreading the, the work around as well helps people feel more committed to the community as well. Um, it's certainly when you feel like you've been a part of building it. Mm. Um, and like we've an event going at the moment where I've made some uh, fairly shoddy MDF objective rooms That's because great. we didn't have any for our <laughs> for our um, store. So I've made eight of them and passed them out to the community to paint up yes. so that everyone gets their chance to, to leave contribute. a mark on the, yes. you know, that'll be something that we'll be using for tournaments, you know, going forward. So yeah. I think it. things like that where you're getting everyone to help in and then they feel a bit more part of the community.
0: I think that's right because the thing is um, I think you have to in the same way where you I, this just clicked for me in the same way you have to provide opportunity for people to shape the community You, if you have to provide opportunity for people to take responsibility for the community and i don't know if we i think i think that that's something we can do do better i think mm. i think that's that's a great initiative yeah it's it's fun it's hobby and it definitely helps the community now we can play all the armory missions on yeah exactly stuff, yep. which is it's <laughs> gonna be awesome and it's gonna be a whole bunch of you know unique you know uniquely uh designed rooms and it's, it's going yeah i'll really look forward to it um so yeah um was there anything else before we head off to Dan's engagement party that,
1: uh, <laughs> that we have to say? That's oh, good that he got a mention in here. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Well, now you have to listen to the whole episode to, fucking, uh, to hear his name, so it's good. Um, um, to... No, I don't... Yeah, just on that point of passing out authority to the community and stuff like that. Um, Definitely, we wouldn't have gotten this far without you driving it so hard, so thank you very much. No, thank you. Um, And I guess I would say to anyone who's out there looking to start a community is you just need to be the change you want to see in the world. So just if you want the community, then push it, hassle people for games, tell people you're going to be in there and that you've got everything they need to play. Like that's one thing back on the demos, but we do that all the time where we say, we have literally everything you need. Just yep. show up. We'll teach sure. you the game. Yep. So Just, if you want to start an infinity community, buy the two-player starter set. That has everything you need to start. Definitely. Just hassle everyone around you to come and play. Um, yep. And if you want it bad enough, eventually you'll get people showing up. So
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Be consistent, be engaging, uh, be committed. And uh, just yeah, be patient because you you when you first yes. start 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 out, you're not going to do the best demos, but you'll improve, right? Yeah. You just just start, just get started, start yeah, and just start you know uh start demoing, start trying to grow the community, and you you will get better uh as uh, at it for sure. So yeah, Chris, uh, and yeah, obviously a big thanks to you, man. You've been a massive help to the community. Yeah. Really. Likewise, um, it's been yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very proud of what we've done. Yeah. Um, all right, that's been uh, that's been loss of lieutenant without any of the original hosts. I liked it more than the usual episodes, but anyway, um, and hopefully the audio's not too bad. Thanks for listening. Uh, take care. Thank you.